Hi there! Are you considering a destination wedding but don't know where to start? I get it! This is your host, Will Medina, owner of Destination Weddings Expert, a boutique travel agency specializing in all inclusive weddings in Mexico and the Caribbean. And this show was created to help you understand the ever changing world of destination weddings. By sharing my proven tips, tools, top destinations, budget ideas, and best-rated resorts, I hope to inspire you and make your planning journey easy, fun, and organized. Welcome to the Destination Wedding Planning Made Easy podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone. So today... We are joined here with Will Medina. Just a little bit about Will Medina. He is the leader in the world of destination weddings. He helps brides create their wedding dreams. uh, And he helps other travel agents build six-figure businesses by niching into the wedding market. Everybody, please, please, please welcome destination wedding specialist extraordinaire, William Medina. Hi, everyone. Um, Honored to be here and happy to talk about destination weddings. It's what I love, live, and breathe every day. So let's talk about it. Definitely. I would love uh, for you to share with us how you got into destination weddings. Oh, God. So I have to start by saying I started as a travel agent, right? And this is like in my blood. I was born in the Dominican Republic. So shout out to my people in Punta Cana. And I was going there to to school for hospitality management. I worked at resorts. I worked at the Punta Cana International Airport. So hospitality and resorts have always been like in my blood. Now, fast forward, I moved to the States back in 2005. And after working for a few years in in a call center, kind of like on my other job, you know, the whole nine to five thing. Um, I started talking with one of my friends because everyone was always asking me for like like ideas and tips. Like, where should I go if I'm going to Punta Cana next summer? And I was doing that, you know, as usual for free because I love it and because I knew the area. Um, So long story short, in 2009, I did like three, four months of research and I found out that I could actually have a travel agency and which was my dream, by the way, when I graduated, when I was uh, when I would graduate college in the DR, that's what I wanted to do. So it kind of came back full circle in 2009. Um, By the way, guys, 2009, craziest time to start a travel agency right after the depression of 2018, uh, 2008, excuse me. Um, And, but, you know, I didn't know better. I was young and just wanted to have fun. And I opened my agency at that time. Then shortly after that, I remember the first trip that I planned. It was for a group of people. Um, At the time I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I had a group of friends that I took to the Dominican Republic. They fell in love with this resort. It, it was an all-inclusive resort. It was four and a half star, um, four, four and a half stars, and it was just gorgeous. We spent five nights there. They fell in love, and they said, "We want to get married here next month, next year." And I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, that sounds fun. I can do that, right?" And then, like, I planned their wedding, and little by little, in a, in a matter of like a year and a half. Now that was attracting referrals. And I found out that that's where like my love really was, right? Like as much as I love the vacation piece of it, it was kind of like, hello, group vacation and wedding, destination wedding. And the rest is history. I've been doing that. I've been doing this ever since. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, we work all over Mexico, uh, Jamaica, Dominican Republic. We've done Costa Rica. So so usually Mexico and the Caribbean is what I specialize in. Um, I had my own destination wedding in Riviera Maya, so I just love, love, love destination weddings. Awesome. And what, why do you love them so much more than local weddings? Okay, so this is a really good question. So I love destination weddings because, again, it combines the the wedding portion of it, right, the celebration of love with an actual Mm -hmm. For your friends and family. So what I've learned about right. Florida people. So what I've learned is that as a very frugal person myself, and this is full dis- full disclosure, and I say that to my couples all the time. Um, I realize that a wedding at home 
was not really what I wanted to do. Like, and this was for myself, like when I started thinking about like, oh, if I ever did it, right? And also for my couples. So, you know, in addition to this being a niche that already exists, because so many people in America are spread out all over. We live in Florida. Our family lives in Wisconsin. So people were going to have to travel here anyways, and it ain't cheap. Right. Right. Long story short, it was just, you know, I, I love the idea of you being able to spend this money, oftentimes less than a local wedding, and take it with a vacation for your people, give them an experience for three or four days that otherwise you will not have that time spent with your loved ones uh, if they come to your hometown or your new town, whatever you might live. So for me, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of the adventure piece. Um, I got my passport ready to go. I'm always willing to travel, right? So mm-hmm. it's the adventure piece. It is the cost savings. And also the fact that what I've learned is most of my couples are busy, right? They do not have the time to plan a wedding and, and, and do deal with all of that stuff at home, um, which you guys do greatly, obviously. Uh, but it's just something that is in our DNA. If you like, if you're a wanderlust, you are just going to want to go somewhere. Right. Uh, yeah, vacation or wedding is that's why I love them so much. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, what are some issues? Let's kind of dive into what's going on, you know, right now, as far as, um, you know, we're dealing with COVID-19, you know, and it's such a such a such 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 a scary time for even, you know, weddings stateside are being canceled, you know, cities are being locked down and re open back up and things of that nature. What are some things that you have been experiencing as it pertains to destination weddings and COVID-19? <sighs> Should I just start drinking right now? <laughs> so, you know, it is, um, COVID has been devastating, right? It's, it's no different than what we're dealing with in the States, with the exception that obviously people tend to fear like the unknown. And for a destination wedding, more often than not, couples have not gone to the destination. They have not gone to that particular resort, right? Uh, and let alone their families, right? So what we're dealing with, it's been, I mean, the travel industry as a whole, as well as the events industry, um, crushed, right? We've been moving weddings since March, 20, like just when I, I was actually scheduled to fly to Mexico to a friend's destination wedding two days yeah. before like the sky closed, right? It was like meet March or whatnot. So yeah. it's, it's been crazy because you are dealing with all of these cancellations. Um, you know, this with weddings in general and especially travel, we are yeah. looking typically 12 to 18 months before, right? So we did get um, a few cancellations. Luckily, we were able to reschedule most of our weddings into 2021. We did, uh, we did keep a few of them uh, like late this fall, uh, but the, the, the effects are exactly the same, the same because as a global pandemic, the issues that we're dealing with here in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the CDC guidelines and the, 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 the group event size and all that stuff, they're also happening abroad, right? It's, like across the board. So our biggest challenge really is now how do we bring back the the, the trust of the, those clients and their, their families that are scheduled to travel um, and also monitoring what are those brands. And when I say brands, I'm talking about resorts, which for a local planner would be their venues, right? Um, my hotels are my venues. Um, right. And it goes beyond the wedding because now we are going to send guests here, as we always have for the past 10 years, for three, four, five, seven nights, right? It's very important that we stay just monitoring those, those um, not issues, but those protocols, right? Like how are they changing? Not every venue is doing or following the things that they should. Same thing happens with resorts and that's where we come in. So the challenge is, you know, the, what has changed is just finally the world is starting to open up, right? But it was just, there was just a lot of fear, um, especially around flying, although statistically there were not many cases of, of uh, COVID-19 that came from being on an airplane, right? They could happen in, a, in an Uber, per se. Uh, right. Yeah. 
it's been really, really tough. But at the end of the day, what we do is stand by the side of our couples, right? And just walk through them through this process to make sure that they lose as little money as possible. We know deposits, contracts, and all that stuff gets in the way. Um, yeah. and, and also just helping them answer the questions for their guest. Okay. So, you know, let's kind of take a step back real quick and, you know, kind of, I would love for you to share with everyone what the pros and cons of hiring a independent destination wedding planner is versus when you call the resort, they say, oh, well, we're going to assign you a wedding planner who's going to help you with everything. No need to worry about anything. And by the way, you can't even bring any photographers, planners, so on and so forth. And, you know, talk to us about that and what the benefits are and just all of that. And then, of course, that will tie into, you know, how that benefits during this time period as well. Totally. So I think this conversation is very, very simple when you hear what I'm about to say. Most okay. of my- most of my couples come to me when we do a, a complimentary consultation or, or planning session that we're just discussing the idea of whether or not a destination wedding is for me, right? Most of the couples come to me and they say, well, you know, uh, my form asks, like, what, what destination do you have in mind? And it's usually Costa Rica, um, Jamaica, Bora Bora, Salusha, no Mexico, right? Like, as an example or not Jamaica, whatever people have these beliefs around certain destinations that they are not familiar with, they come, they come with that to me. So the first benefit of hiring someone to work for you as an independent destination wedding expert is the fact that this person is working with you before you even know what country or what resort you are even going to get married at. Because <laughs> let's be honest, if you Google destination weddings right now, it's like millions of, of um results in about 0.2 seconds, right? So the biggest biggest value of us is start way before you're ready to sign a contract with a particular hotel, right? We tell you what are the shortfalls. We tell you what about this free wedding package that they're giving you, but are really not highlighting that the extra person is, you know, $250 or whatever the number might be, depending on on your your price point. Then we talk about, you know, uh, the needs for passports, not just for you, but also for your guests. Like, are they, do they have that? You know, do they have enough time to do this? Um, and all in all, a destination wedding is a destination wedding specialist or expert or planner is just knows the travel component of it. And they will be able to protect you when you're going overseas. It's kind of like buying a timeshare, right? You buy a timeshare when you're on vacation under the effect of margaritas, you're signing a contract in different countries, right? And we, we tend to be very trusting, which is fine. But I think it is smart to have someone on your team that is going to give you the peace of mind and is going to set you up with a proper timeline that is going to give you the real feedback of what's happening, that is going to tell you whether that beach is really private or is, you know, or that gazebo is right, up, right next to the pool. So that's mm-hmm. like before you even get started. Then when we talk about like, okay, you have already chosen a resort, which we have a lot of couples that come to us and they already have their resort. They already signed the wedding contract, right? And they're still run by the rest of it. I said at the beginning of this that destination weddings are a group vacation and a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. No less mm-hmm. you play travel agent with your guest for the next year. Um, it, it's just smart to have someone that is going to answer the questions of your guests and is going to prepare prepare them, right? There is... No one at the resort wedding department, and I love my resort partners, so I'm not saying that, you know, this is a bad thing. It's just the way it is. And thankfully, that's good because that's why my job exists. Uh, (laughs) At the resort, they are, what they're giving you is a wedding coordinator. So this is like a day off, right, that a local venue would give you. They are just there to help you with the things that pertain to the wedding at the resort, not the vacation piece, not your guest, not, you know, not the questions, not the passports, none of that stuff. I'm going to give you a side, like sideline of that one. Last year, I had a couple that we signed a contract, right? We narrowed down the countries. We narrowed down the resorts. We signed a contract um, to the Dominican Republic. There was this beautiful resort there that they chose. And, you know, every year in the travel industry, we get, 
it, it gets heated up with like different topics that are going on in certain destinations. Sometimes it's, you know, taxing Paris, sometimes it's, you know, drug cartels are blown yeah. out of proportion in Mexico, other times it's alcohol in the DR, right? We yes, have yes. we have a pit in the ground, so we can walk you through that process and be like, listen, this is not really happening. I was just there and here's the proof, right? That particular ride, for whatever reason, you know, where they were coming from, her family members, whatever, they were a little mm-hmm. scared, so they wanted to move their wedding. So, like, we had already signed the contract, right? So, because of what we do, we were able to get all of that deposit back, and we were able to move that wedding from one country to, the, to another, right? Update the website for them and keep the party going. She would have never been able to do that on her own. Therefore, again, the the resort coordinator, they do a great job on the day of the wedding, but they work for the resort. And then the last thing is that, you know, when it comes to like vendor recommendations, which you did mention, um, you know, at the resort, they have a preferred vendors vendors list, which is curated. It's valid, right? Um, and, and, And for the most part, quality, even if it's not your style of photography or makeup or hair, or whatever the case might be, but they just work with those vendors at that resort, right? And working throughout the planning process with a destination wedding, most resorts have two to three contacts that you come across throughout the planning. So you have a salesperson at the beginning that is just going to confirm the date. Then you have somebody else that basically sends you spreadsheets and tells you how much things cost um, without much support or idea. You know this, right? Without much more details. It's just, here's the price. Um, mm-hmm. and then you now get the last person that is actually going to run your wedding. You get to meet them oftentimes when you get to the resort three days before or two days before. Right. So again, when you work with a quality resort, you can trust that they will do a good job based on reviews, based on feedback from your vendors or whatnot. But at the end of the day, you, the, the, the difference is the resort coordinator works for the resort. If you want right. someone for you, you get your own destination wedding planner. Right. And I think that it's a really good point that you made. Um, In destination, like just around the world, there's always something that's going to come up. The last thing was alcohol in the Dominican Republic because I had a couple. We were planning a Dominican wedding or Dominican Republic wedding. And it's so funny. I brought her attention. I was like, you know, are you sure that your guests are comfortable with it? And she was like, I didn't even think to ask them about that. And yep. sure enough, she did. And everybody was like, we're not coming. We're not going to, you know, <laughs> she would have planned this wedding and nobody would come. And keep in mind, it was for May of, you know, that just passed. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because we weren't thinking that right now, we weren't thinking about, you know, alcohol in the Dominican Republic. We're thinking about COVID right now, but um, but ultimately, she ended up moving her wedding uh, to Cancun, and you know, everybody felt a little bit better. But you're right. You know, a planner, uh, a destination planner, is going to fight for you versus that that site coordinator is going to fight for you to stay at that venue because that's where their interests. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That's her job. But does that's that their job? Does that benefit you as the bride and groom? It's it's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, it, it's yeah. And, and again, the thing is that it goes in cycles, right? Like we have um, three years ago when we got married in Cancun, um, Riviera Maya. It was like if I would have if I would have not known what I was doing, I would have canceled the wedding as well or gone to a different country because. Yeah time there was like all these media about at the time there was also alcohol uh talk yeah. um they were you know there was uh like the cartels are coming and whatnot why i was eight times that year and i was like look <laughs> at the end of the day you have to do what you think it's safe but we talk so much about how we don't trust the media and you know we just want to like but then we believe right away right and it, again, put in the ground is what you need um, when you're planning a destination wedding. Because again, it's not just you anymore. It's not just that last minute deal. You have the potential of losing a lot of money. Your guests have the potential of losing a lot of money. And they won't be happy if the wedding you know, gets fully canceled and they get to lose every single one of their, their dollars or whatnot. Um, yeah. 
And in the end, it's like, what do you do if you don't have a planner? You basically send your guests like, hey, we're going to marry here, stay whatever the hell you want. And then yeah. they're going to go book on their own, do all these things. And then, which has happened to me, by the way, you've had guests that chose to book outside of the, the room block in this, in this case. Yeah. We booked at the other insert resort name here. So, for example, yeah. we could to high rock hotels. Super easy you don't follow direction or if you don't if you're not super familiar to book the one that comes up cheaper at the top right even if it's not the right one and by the way sometimes right. it's like 12 bucks but my point is you know it's, it's just very important when you're inviting people outside of the country um especially um to have a plan right and it's really hard to create that plan on your own um mm-hmm. with all the information in the area. right so my question is this, yes. things are so unpredictable. Um, when, you know, I know that you have rescheduled weddings uh, for your clients. Um, when do you think that some of these destinations will will be able to pick back up and start doing weddings? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. And as of the time of this video, uh, a lot of a lot of the destinations are already starting to open. It felt like it was a lifetime ago that they closed, but it was three long freaking months. So a lot of them are yeah. starting to open um, now in early June. Uh, very similar plans are being followed as those in the United States, where it's in phases, right? Um, I can tell you, for example, Cancun is just opening um, in a couple of days. Um, and some mm-hmm. people open right away. Others chose not to because they have so many cancellations that the, the occupancy level, meaning the percentage of clients that they will have on site, um, will not make sense for them to open, you know, with 200 people when it's a resort that fits 3,000 as an example. Um, so a lot, of them, a lot of them are opening right around now in June. Um, I know the Dominican Republic is reopening on July 1st, um, 2020. Um, I will be playing on July 8th, 2020. That was the fastest I could find after the 4th of July. Um, and shortly after, you know, I will be out there doing what we always do. When things get heated in any destination that we work with, the first thing that we do is I get back out on the streets. And by the streets, I mean on those guys, right? I catch a plane and I go see what's up. Because reopening doesn't mean safe, right? Reopening right. doesn't mean everything is normal, right? Or like what is normal? Um, so it's very important for us as we as things reopen to actually go and experience, right? Am I going to have like a lot, of, a lot of memes on Facebook we're talking about like having these um, like the face mask, uh, like tan lines. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and and it's of course it's not that 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 hardcore as some of those memes, but it's our job to go out there and show the world what that is going to look like, right? Because we've seen the videos, they've told us what they're going to do, but I want to see in theory what does that mean. So to answer your question, um, I I think it's pretty safe to say a lot of the people that we're holding on for um, for their destination weddings in the summer have either moved or cancel them i know for a fact we basically lost all of march through we had a couple of weddings for example that were happening in october but they were like kind of like at the starting part of the game so we didn't have like as many guests booked um some of those also moved but like Mm -hmm. our very next wedding is not until october right once again am i saying don't travel until october i will be on that plane july 8th and then shortly thereafter go you know do the rounds and make sure that i can guarantee my clients the experience that they are paying for and that they are hoping for there and their guests right um but again, to answer your question they it's it is slowly starting to reopen um i'm actually really proud of the changes that i've seen with a lot of hotel brands how they've implemented mm-hmm. all those safety protocols and guidelines um uh you know to 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 remove or, or, or reduce the spread. Um, and we're talking about, you know, extra sanitation in the rooms. They're steaming things. We're talking about they are definitely um, recommending and actually implementing social distancing um, both at the restaurants, at the beach, at the pools. And then obviously the staff have to wear their mask and uh, some do gloves, some do um, hand sanitizers and so on. 
Um, I will tell you from experience, and I am very picky, I've seen over 600 resorts. And by seen, I mean either tour or stay there um, mm -hmm. over the past 10 years. And I will tell you, I only work with about 20% of those, those resorts. So I see a lot of resorts that you will never see on my Instagram because I'm not trying to promote that, right? Nothing wrong with something for everyone. But to me, quality and in, 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 in sanitation, you know, cleanliness is very important. And I always say that to my couple, pre-COVID, you cannot expect your family to be stuck at a resort that has one buffet, which, by the way, a lot of them are getting rid of it for now anyways, um, and just food stations and kind of working around it. Um, a resort that only has one buffet with not very clean or um, healthy, you know, food preps and handling. So it's going to be a lot of hard work to, you know, rebuild the industry, much like in the States. Uh, but right. I, I believe that the industry is resilient um, as humans were built to like want to explore. Right. And once again, if you live in Miami, like me, and you have families all over the country, they were going to fly already anyways, or drive 24 hours for, you know, four hours in your wedding. If you already had that bug, for your destination wedding, it's a 2021. And again, make sure that you're making, you're focusing on, on the quality of the places that you're working with. For right. sure. Right. Um, and, and by the way, if anyone has any questions uh, for Will, talking about, you know, destination weddings, you know, just anything, um, please feel free to, to, to put them in the comment section and so that way he can tackle those questions too. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's, that's great to know that, you know, some of these countries are definitely opening up. Um, and truly my next question was going to be, what are some of the things that they're doing to ensure and do their part to reduce the spread of the coronavirus? Um, what are some things that their couples can, or I'm sorry, that your couples can do, um, to ensure that their environment, their wedding environment is safe for their guests? You know, I feel that we all have a part to play on this, right? Um, mm -hmm. We stayed at home for weeks on end because we were trying to help, right? Like uh, uh, reduce the spread. So in right. addition, once again, focusing on, on making sure that the place, the place where you're going to take 50, 80, 100 of your family members is a quality place um, in that right. they are themselves following the guidelines. Because don't forget, like, a lot of these countries are trying to do it, are trying to, not trying, they're following the guidelines, not just so that they can reopen for weddings or vacations. They're doing it also for their own people, right? Yeah. And the guidelines are like, there's nobody exempt of at least so far, right? There, were, there was no country that was untouched by COVID-19. So they're following very much the same guidelines that we have. Once again, we know just like a restaurant up the road, um, some will do it better than others. And again, that's where my uh, watchful eye is going to be really, really making sure that, you know, we are working with places that, that are taking this serious and are doing their part. And then as far as the couples, you know, follow the guidelines, Right. If the resort has the, the, the pool beds, for example, already placed six feet apart and they're saying don't move them, please don't move them. Yeah. Right. Like, let's yeah. let's more apart. Um, and sometimes when we are on vacation, we do forget and we get a little, you know, um, <laughs> a little bit too entitled, if you will. Um, so we have to do our part to protect, again, our guests. Other people, other other people's vacation, and also the people of these countries that we're visiting that work very hard for us, um, and that do it with a smile on their face, which I trust we will see even with a mask. Um, you'll be able to see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, talk to us about passports. You know, what has there been any restrictions on obtaining passports? You know, what's the lead time looking like at this point? Yes. All of that. So passports have become a really like a, a really big conversation, like after the whole cancellations and postponements and whatnot, because passport offices are, yeah, as of right now, they're still closed, much like, you know, most of the world. Um, they have been closed because it's a federal thing. They cannot work from home and all that stuff. So right. they, 
they literally, I think they closed March 17th, which is really funny, Lana, because I actually got my passport. I told you I was scheduled to travel to, to Cancun for a destination wedding as a guest. And yeah. I got my passport renewed in person just a couple of days, like just a couple of days before they stopped like the offices. Like I went in person. I was like, I am not sending my passport anywhere, but I never would have anyways because I'm usually gone. So I didn't have enough time, which is on average pre COVID is between six to eight weeks. If you choose to do the regular application, then they have okay. all passport, um, like expedited services that you can pay. Um, and then, you know, that rushes it to like about two or three weeks. Um, and then you have the option to go in person. Um, a lot of cities around the country have these offices, sometimes within driving distance from you. Um, I've had clients have to get passports overnight because they found that it was expired. They're flying tomorrow morning. So we moved the flight mm-hmm. afternoon. They got it that, that morning and then head to the airport. Um, so again, mm-hmm. COVID, it was six to eight weeks roughly for you to get a passport. Now, mm-hmm. as time of this video i there is about 1.6 million applications that are backlogged and again they're not processing them right now they are however no they are however announcing uh like reopening in phases for the, the the passport offices as well um around the country and i belong to asta which is the associate um association of travel advisors of the united states um, it's like the National Association, and they are lobbying and pushing for, like, on behalf of the travel agents for our clients to make sure that let's get those people to work, even if they don't do the in-person ones. Um, yeah. You have one provision there, which is, like, if you have, like, a life or death situation, weddings or vacationing don't count at life or death. So, basically, yeah. they're not processing passports. So, the lead time, there's a lot of... You know, there are a lot of rumors out there. It's that's all I can say. It, it's they're rumors because there has not been anything official that said it's going to be this amount of time, right? But people are talking about up to like six months even to get, you know, caught up. So, my recommendation to anyone, whether it is planning a destination wedding, whether it is planning to go on vacation, or listen, if you have a passport and you are not going anywhere the rest of this year, get out. Right. Like get started because it will be delayed. Everything. Right. Everything has been affected. So right now, yes, we did have um, a couple of like my students where we, you know, they have weddings for like September. Everything is expected to be reopened by September. There are no restrictions or all that stuff. And then now it's like, oh, but we sent our passports and we have no idea. And then now you're getting into like attrition or penalty periods, um, mm-hmm. which will, you know, the closer you get to departure, right? So mm-hmm. it is it is expected to take way way longer than the eight uh, the, the eight weeks average. Um, mm-hmm. And my hope is that it just they reopen because it is very important, right? Um, for us yeah. to get the economy going um, in all directions, right? And people think, well, but you know, like, why don't we just like travel domestically and keep the money in America? Well, probably very directly and indirectly has a lot to do with the economy and and travel in general, right? Imagine all the cruises that are like not being, not sailing for another two or three months. Um, All the people that work at the airports here, like uh, businesses like us that are American based 100%. So there's very little other than the final product, if you will, of... Mm -hmm. You know, the, the 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 product in this case of or the service of traveling that only goes like abroad like it trickles down to everyone so it's taking way longer um they do on travel.state.gov is the main website for that mm-hmm. if you you know you will always have like the updated information there like processing times and whatnot but again right now it's just it's just a speculation about how long it's going to take. I yeah. can it's not going to be though. It's not going to be though. More yeah. it does. So if someone got engaged right this very second and decided this very second, Hey, I want a destination wedding. What is the earliest date that you would recommend for them to schedule their wedding on? Oh, you're the earliest. So juicy. Okay. So, 
It is an it's, it's a known fact that I tell I tell my couples I could whip out your wedding in four weeks, right? A destination yeah. wedding anywhere that that I work with, we could do it in four weeks. Mm-hmm. The reality is that the the reason why we plan weddings for so long it's for our guests, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're inviting people to go out of the country and book a vacation and take time off and 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 invest, you know, to be there to celebrate with you, you're really just giving them plenty of time for them to be able to plan that. So on average, I will tell you, we get hired between 12 and 18 months before. Um, we've of course have done some weddings like at six months. Um, so as long as your guests are ready to go, in this case, passports need to be uh, a, a discussion. Right. Uh, and, and, and your your guests do not need a full year to make payment plans on their vacations with us. Mm-hmm. Listen, you could be getting married like this fall, like okay. generally in four weeks. And this happens a lot, actually, with elopements. Elopements where, you know, it's just the two of them that they fly to Hawaii, Cancun, Dominican, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um there's really not much prep to do, especially when you're working with um, either what they call an offsite venue, which are these like gorgeous beachfront restaurants that you can rent out, or right. you are working inside of an all-inclusive resort. As long as we can find your room at the hotel and a slot for the for the wedding department to to perform your elopement celebration, we're a business. So again, you have to look at it. At my, what my couples tell me the most important thing about their destination wedding is that their guests that they care about are able to attend. So if your guests are ready to go, you could be flying out next month with me to Punta Cana. (laughs) You'll be doing that there. However, lead time, what I've noticed, it is the best. It is to 10 months and up, right? You can start. We have couples that are already planning for 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, but generally speaking, it's closer to that one year mark. Yeah. Do not even become published until about 11 months before your wedding. Therefore, when we start, you know, 14 months, 12 months before, we have all of this information ready to go. The booking forms, your website, all of that to send mm-hmm. out, save the dates. So when those flights come out, your guests are ready to start essentially, you know, booking right. away or making their deposits on their vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so planning time, once again, think about your guest list. Have the conversation with the people that matter the most in your life that you want there. Um, and if they are ready to roll, we are ready to roll. Like you do not need one or two years to plan a destination wedding for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So what are, you know, with COVID-19, what are some new travel trends um, that you're starting to notice? Yes. So, some of these are not really trends, but they're really going to be like, they're going to have a spotlight on them right now because again, COVID-19. Um, one of the things that I make sure when I'm talking with my new couples that we keep in mind, which is very important, it is the destination that they're going to for their guest. What is the time frame for them? Like what is the time in the air for them to get there? Right. This is very important because typically you have your guests are attending your wedding in, again, typically Mexico and the Caribbean. They are attending your wedding for anywhere between three to seven nights. So that means it's a short weekend for a lot of people. They're flying in on Thursday. They are flying out on Sunday or Wednesday through Sunday and so on. So now, depending where most of your guests are coming from, this is a very important conversation before covid just because you don't want them to spend two days flying, you know, and get there at 9 p.m. and then just go to the wedding and fly back. That's right. not what we do a destination wedding. We do a destination wedding because we want to enjoy our families, mm-hmm. um, friends a lot more and, and make them part of that, uh, part of that experience. So time, it's going to be super important uh, because people will be afraid for a little bit, right? Offline um, and, and going through three airports to get there. Let me give you an example. I live in Miami or in Fort Lauderdale, if you're familiar with South Florida. Mm-hmm. And for me, going to Hawaii, I might as well go to Europe. It's just so damn far. Yeah. I need three planes. I need <laughs> connection, right? It's so far in the time difference, all of that stuff. But again, pre-COVID, the time difference would have been a conversation right now. It's I do not want to spend all that extra time going mm-hmm. through 
backwards and, you know, and, and, and touching things and planes and whatnot. The same thing happens if I was to go, for example, to like Los Angeles, California, or even Los Cabos in Mexico. From this area, it's going to be hard, right, to get there because I'm going to spend basically a full day flying. And because of COVID, for a little bit, we are going to see a lot of flights go away, right? A right. lot less non-stop flights, and then um, yeah, a lot less non-stop flights are going to be available. So again, hint, hint, very important that if you're going anywhere, you book early. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of flexibilities right now for you to book your flights, where they make them refundable. You can you know make changes and whatnot, which typically before they didn't allow you to, because again, people understand that things now can change really quickly. Mm-hmm. Flying time, it's going to be key, not just because of the time they're going to spend there, but also because people want to minimize the time that they will be in the air. I am an avid traveler, and I will tell you this. If I was invited to absolutely anything in the next two or three months that would require me to fly for eight hours, I'll be like, no, thanks. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. Now, I will be in a plane to the DR because it's two hours away. Yeah. I'll- and like turn around in two days, I'm going to go to Vancouver because it's an hour and 15 minutes away and so on. So I do feel that it's very important for you to have those conversations as a couple planning with your planner in, in or agent and discuss, right? Like not just you, but where your most of your guests are coming from, how accessible is XYZ destination? That will change whether you get married in St. Lucia or you end up doing it in Jamaica. Um, so time, I think it's going to be super huge. Um, for the, for the reasons that I just mentioned before, another thing, it is private villas and or boutique hotels, right? Now there's a catch on this one. It depends on the size of your group. It depends on the things that they like to do, because one of the beautiful things about a boutique hotel is that you don't have a ton of people to deal with, right? You have state in boutique hotels, for example, in Mexico and Guatemala where, or even in Fiji where it's like 12 and it's like, we are social distancing by default. <laughs> like, we don't have to worry about it because my suite is like, you know, I got to walk a half a mile to the beach. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Not half a mile. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's <laughs> space because it's a more luxury product, right? It's, it's designed for that kind of like exclusivity, if you will. Um, so those are going to be really big um, for a certain market, right? If you if it's your price point, if your friends and family are not going to be bored because they're not going to have in- entertainment at the pool and things like that, it's going to be a great option for a lot of people because mm-hmm. again, social distancing, it's already part of the experience that they, uh, that they uh, promote. Right. And then the third one, it's going to be resorts with like one wedding per day, right? Um, this is not very common in the industry when you're talking about all-inclusive resorts for obvious reasons, right? Um, weddings are a big chunk of their business. And when you have a resort that has, let's say, 900 rooms, they have the space to have, you know, four weddings in a day. And if they do truly specialize in destination weddings, they have the capacity, they have the staff to make sure have a lot of you know they have a lot of things going on so my point with this i'm not trying to say that resorts that won't allow you one wedding per day are not going to be good for you i'm just saying it's going to be yet another trend that people are going to be looking for in order to have that more intimate experience that is going for example once the spas are able to reopen you're not going to have you know 27 other bridesmaids at that particular spot so those resorts with one wedding per day, I think they're going to be big. But in the end, even large resorts, which is the flip side of this, even right. really large resorts or what we call mega resorts, which are super popular for the larger groups, right? You have 90 people coming, you have 75 people coming. When you have those resorts, it's like they already have the space also to social distance. So right. in pools and they close four, guess what? They're only selling 50% of the rooms anyways, at least for the time being. So yeah. I think the, 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 the space is there, but it's definitely going to be, again, a game of quality. Just focusing mm-hmm. on who is handling this and what are they doing mm-hmm. um, moving forward to ensure that, you know, social distancing, uh, uh, the, 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 the entertainment, which is a big part, like nightlife. We choose a lot of resorts based on the group style. Like, if you guys want to be drinking until 2 a.m., right. um, 
or, you know, just having fun with your friends. Because again, when everybody flies home, we get back to our busy lives. Yeah. And I might not see you, which happened in our wedding, by the way, we got married in February and we wouldn't have seen our families until December again. So we wanted to have a place that was fun, that had all, like we were able to be together and enjoying the amenities past 9 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. I like a little contrasting on on that one um, because it's going to depend on what your group needs. But I think that's going to be a really big trend where where some hotels are going to pull back uh, on, you know, kind of like the wedding factory, if you will, where nine weddings a day. Gotcha. I mean, they, they'd have to keep up with, um, sanitation, you know, and, you know, linens and, you know, kind of flipping things around. Cause I know that there's some wedding, you know, uh, resorts that will literally do weddings throughout the day and, you know, being able to change out flowers and change out things that, you know, people interact and touch, uh, throughout, the, the wedding, I, I can definitely see them kind of pulling back uh, on that. So, okay, we've got our destination wedding plan. We've got our things adjusted. Uh, we're ready to go. Is travel insurance a good idea? Is wedding insurance a good idea? Um, you know, that has been definitely a big question as it pertains to COVID. Um, you know, what is your take on, on the travel insurance? Listen. Insurance is one of those necessary evils. Okay, you don't, you don't you don't want to buy them right for anything until you actually need them. And sadly, it doesn't work that way, right? If your house has a fire, you need to have insurance before you actually need it. Um, what I stand on this is, and again, I will continue to speak pre-COVID and post-COVID. Um, personally, I don't travel without travel insurance. Okay. I have been working on vacations and, and helping families and couples for 10 years already. So I've seen enough of what can happen when you don't have insurance and the, the smallest accident happens to you in destination versus when you do have it. Right. And let's be honest, we are humans. We go to, we go on vacation. It doesn't matter where you go on vacation. You're tasting different foods. You're uh, exposed to the sun for X amount of hours. You're drinking more than you normally do at home, except during COVID. I'm not judging that part. Um, so it's very important to, to know that accidents can happen no matter how luxury or nice your resorts your resort could be and this could be inside of the property outside of the property or it could be even before where you actually have to go so typically the conversation on travel insurance go go like this oh i'm going it, it doesn't matter what happens i'm going i need this vacation right all of a sudden something happens and you're right and something happens once again we are human beings we're like live beings it could be to your family member it could be to you it could be in the destination um and it could be a a hurricane right so travel insurance is always a wise investment again i personally don't travel without it and i didn't like the first two years when i didn't know right so i was like oh you know you don't know you don't know but i always make the offer to our clients. We always explain to them that it will protect you before your vacation and most importantly, during your your vacation. What a lot of people don't realize is that even if you have a really good insurance in the United States, which is not very common these days uh, with employers, once you are off, like outside of the country, a lot of these policies don't cover you. So if you look at... If you look at like most of them, I'm talking about like 90, 90 plus percent of these plans don't cover you. So if you look at your passport on page six, it actually says there, you know, please consider travel insurance. And it tells you there about these. It may not cover you overseas. And it talks about, you know, even Medicaid and Medicare might not. So again, it's always a wise investment. And if you think about the small investment compared to what everything else they already paying for. Um, we usually say it's roughly between like six and 10% of your investment. Guys, when you're going to an all, in- when you're going to an all inclusive and you're attending a destination wedding, you spend, let's say 1500 bucks, depending on your age and, and, and yeah. And on your age and like where you live, we're talking about 
a hundred and change for a travel protection plan that can give you, depending on the on the reason whether it's covered or not, you know, up to eighty percent or absolutely every single dollar back. Okay, um, super important. I cannot stress it enough. It's always been something that we make part of our process. And I believe so much in it, as much as I don't like buying insurance for my iPhone, I don't like buying insurance for my car. Like, it's like, why do I have to do this, right? But when you're spending a couple of thousand dollars, and to me, the most important thing is your time, right? You get one vacation a year. And if I'm being honest, for a lot of the clients that I see um, that are attending an event, they haven't gone on vacation in three, three years, five years. You get that one vacation booked and something happens and now you've got to lose your money, right? Because the airline is not doing X, Y, Z, because such and such. So 20 years from now when COVID is not a thing, um, travel insurance. Shorter. I I hope it's less than 20 years. Like in the future when like this is not even a thing in your mind, but a distant dream, bad dream, it is, you know, it still be important and the the biggest thing is there are different options within the same company and there are a ton of different vendors out there so for me it's never been and i've actually gotten this question before like are you just trying to upsell me into something absolutely not i'm trying to make when i get that phone call and you are in mexico and you tell me that you just got rushed to the hospital for xyz right i'm trying to make sure that i have a source to call to save your life or to protect you, right? Which is a concierge um, line or the emergency line of the travel um, insurance instead of having to go create, no disrespect, but having to go create a GoFundMe page and wait for people to bring you back home from a vacation, which, sorry, it's, I'm going to say like it is. It's it's a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of an issue for some people and it is time sensitive, right? When you are somewhere and you and, and remember, at the end of the day, you're not a resident of that country. So when they ask you to buy, you have no choice. Like you are, you are not a resident there. You don't have a home there. You're on vacation for five days. So they will need a credit card for, to take to, to to even admit uh, admit you. And this is in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. My plea to you is get travel insurance. Right, mm-hmm. you pay more for luggage sometimes to check your shoes <laughs> and, and, and hairspray than you do for a travel insurance protection plan. And it's going to give you uh, peace of mind. And especially mm-hmm. if you're a couple, if, if you're attending a destination wedding, it's going to give you and the couple peace of mind. Just make it a part of your vacation. Mm-hmm. It, it should be. On average, how much does someone expect to spend on travel insurance? It's... The statistics say it's like between six and six and ten percent um, of like the total cost of your trip, right? So once again, it depends on how long you're staying. It, it depends on the total cost of your vacation, essentially. But I will tell you, okay. if we're talking specifically destination weddings, I'm talking about per family, mm-hmm. not even two hundred dollars for the the average length of a vacation. Again, to protect you before, to protect you, and even if you lose your luggage, right? Uh, last year, for example, I had one of my couples, she was getting married in Riviera Maya and they were coming back. They were flying first class and everything. They stayed there for like 12 nights. When they, <gasps> they stay, you know, family went back home. They stay longer, like for their mini moon in, at the same floor. We changed rooms, we upgraded, whatever. Then they are headed to the airport, checked out of the resort, 45 minutes away from the airport. They take their private transfers that were booked and they head to the airport. American had canceled their first class flight, which was the last flight of that evening. Oh, no. You don't need COVID for this to happen. It's part of traveling, even if you're just coming to Miami, right? It's, it's- Long story short, they like, oh, my God, Will, here is, here is what, you know, what's happening. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no worries. That night, the thing was they did have travel insurance. And I started the claim, made the call and whatnot. We didn't really wait for that because I knew what to do. So we started the claim and then went about finding them the plan. So we got them a transportation. We got them to another resort partner that was only 10 minutes away versus going back to that resort, right? Mm -hmm. One of my friends Mm -hmm. was the manager of that resort. And 
she, you know, hooked it up where like, I was like, listen, they just got married this week. They're coming back home and we paid for the rate or whatever it was that night. I think it was like four, it was like $500 for that night. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. I'm talking about they have already been in Mexico for 12, 12 days. So we booked that night. Um, they, we had champagne, strawberries waiting for, 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 for them. They got a gorgeous ocean view room and then we got them rebooked the next afternoon. Had they not had travel insurance, all of these would have been a lot more difficult because we spent about a thousand dollars extra for the whole, you know, change this, change that. Um, America yeah. did not give them absolutely anything. These were the cancellation was for mechanical reasons. So as long as they were able to rebook you on, on the next flight within your same uh, first class, they are, they did their part. It's up to you to go back and find a hotel or sleep at the airport. Because they had right, bought their right. insurance, which again, they stayed a little bit longer. So I want to say it was like 290 or something like that. We were able mm-hmm. to, again, start that claim, get them settled, essentially extend their, their, their honeymoon for one more night instead of sleeping at the airport. And they got all of their money back under that travel insurance protection. Now, everything else went perfect. There were no accidents. There were no this. Look, at the end on your way out, and a lot of people don't have that extra thousand dollars, you know, just laying around to pay it. And hell, even if you have it, let me tell you something. Even if you have it, if you can get it back, I'd rather not yeah. spend it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's super important and, and it's just super important. I can't stress it enough. Awesome. Talk to us about the expert's guide to wedding. I'm sorry, to planning a destination wedding. Oh, so that's um, a few years ago. I wrote this blog and it was literally like the number one blog that was being read like on my site. Um, at the time, like my site went down and then I was like, Oh my God, where did this go? So I ended up like recreating it and I created this guide, which it's my expert secrets. Essentially those are the questions that I ask my couples when we're having a, a, a complimentary consultation that they can download, they can read it. And then they get essentially how to plan a stress-free destination wedding in five easy steps. So that's like the, my way of saying, if you don't really want to talk to anybody yet, or if you're not ready, here is where you can get started. And I created this, Ilana, because there's a lot of bad information out there, right? And by the way, if you've never used the planner, if you've never used a travel agent, I'm not against you. I'm just saying there's something for everyone. Um, right. And again, a destination wedding involves a lot of moving pieces. So, and we already talked about the advantages of having your own destination wedding planner. But long story short, this is a guide that you can download um, on my website, which is destinationweddingsexpert.com forward slash secrets. Um, and you can just download and learn the questions that you um, should consider uh, before you actually sign a contract with absolutely any resort uh, or, you know, yeah, any resort or like planner in the destination. These are the things that you should you should be talking about. And I wrote this mini book, if you will, or guide because I love Facebook and I love Facebook groups for brides. But there is so much bad information out there, and yes. so they don't mean bad, right? You had your wedding four years ago. You did it the stressful way, and but you liked so much that you stayed in that Facebook group. And now you keep telling people what to do, even though you yeah. still have no wedding. Like I see you, I've been doing this for a long time and I know those people. <laughs> are, right? So I wrote this guide for that, right. To help little by little, like demystify and remove the overwhelm of what it is to plan a destination wedding in hopes that those that really want to do with them, know how to, and do them because I love them so much. People give up on their destination weddings and we meet at a party and they're like, oh my God, I wish I would have met you last year. I really wanted a destination wedding, but I got so confused and overwhelmed and gave up. So I have my, you know, hometown wedding. So there's no right or wrong um, by choosing destination versus, you know, choosing stay at home. My hope is that if that's your dream, that you know what it takes, Mm-hmm. So you don't give up on it. So uh, that's what it is. 
We have a question from Randy, Randy Smith, who is a, a baker of Sugar Euphoria. Thank you so much for tuning in. Randy wants to know, are there things to look out for or avoid when shopping for travel insurance? You know, yes. So the, the first thing that you have to look for is compare the plans that they have available, right? Um, there are very reputable companies out there. There are others that just come and go. Um, we've been working, we do primarily work with two companies. One of them is called Travel Save. The other one, which is the one I use for my own plans every year, um, it's called um, Allianz, right? Um, and this is mm-hmm. a, a, a huge insurance company. Now, one of the things that I would look for, depending on when you're traveling and if it's available, it is what they call cancel for any reason, right? That just basically means there are no questions asked up until about two hours before uh you get on that plane. We say 24 hours just to kind of be on the safe side, you know, with time differences and whatnot. Uh, but if you can get a cancel anytime or cancel for any reason, um, kind of like a writer, but that's, it will be in the name. That would, that's something that I would definitely look for. Now, keep in mind, most travel comp- most insurance companies, they will remove that writer if you don't deposit or if you don't uh, purchase the plan within the first 10 to 14 days from your original vacation um, deposit, right? Not when you paid it in full, when you gave us that first $100 to plan your vacation, right? That's your deposit date. And then that's when we actually present you the quote and we show you the options and whatnot. So cancel for any reason is super important. I, I've seen a lot of companies right now during COVID that have gotten rid of the plan for obvious reasons, guys. I hope it comes back, right? Like that writer. Uh, but for obvious reasons, there were people that didn't have insurance. And now because they didn't want to go, they were trying to get the insurance and it doesn't work like that. Um, so I really hope that once these settles, they're able to... Uh, they're able to just revisit and, you know, organize whatever they need. So one thing to look for is definitely try to make sure that you get the the, the coverage that you want um, whether with a, can- with a cancer for any reason. And then beyond that, one thing to avoid, if I'm being 1000% honest, Randy, it is do not just go with the cheapest one. And I mean this not to sell something because I'm clearly not selling you anything right now. But I mean, take a look at the coverage limits, right? Most plans will cover you. Let's say they will reimburse you for delays, you know, $500. But it says there that the delay has to be or the cancellation has to be 24 hours or longer. When I take you back to the example of my bride who got her minimum extended um, by AA, she her delay was not 24 hours. If you would have gone with, you know, the lowest one just to have something, then she wouldn't have been covered because her delay was not long enough. So in those policies, it's really easy to see, you know, like uh, the, the amount of delays or the, the, the length of time between delays, right? Some are six hours, other are, others are eight hours. Um, and again, some are, you know, 12 plus, 24 plus hours. Um, and then the other thing is I really like to show my clients the options and give them the tools for them to get a quote based on their medical conditions. Not everyone is the same, right? If you already have a medical condition, if you have, you know, if you had a a, a double lung transplant as one of my good friends, you have a very different need for coverage dollars should you get sick in destination than I do for just, just in case. Right. So those cancellation numbers are important, uh, but those coverages are super, super important um, as well. The other thing is if your trip is twelve thousand dollars because you're going on an African safari or you're going to Ghana. Right. You can your 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 travel insurance should not be covering you up to three thousand dollars because you paid twelve thousand dollars for that trip. So you want to make sure that the coverage matches what uh you know your investment and this is not really uh unique to travel insurance like travel insurance just any insurance when i got insurance a little bit ago after we moved to this home um i had to make sure that the insurance should i pass or get you know disabled would cover my salary or would pay out the mortgage right so that the burden was gone so it was it was important to take that extra time 
to review those things. So as long as you're going with a reputable company, um, more like especially if you're working with a travel agent, they will never they're not going to lead you wrong because again, it's in everyone's best interest that you're protected overseas should something happen. Um, so as long as you're working with a reputable company, it's really just a matter of taking a couple, just you know, just grab a glass of wine and take that extra thirty minutes. Uh, and, and read it. And if you don't understand it, which is very likely, if you know, especially as you, if, you, if you've never bought it before, call the insurance company, right? Our providers, they have a line for customer service where you can call and ask your questions before you book it. Like flat out, hey, listen, I have this, 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 and that condition, and I'm going, you know, to, well, I'm going to Spain. And I'll be there for these for these long. What do you recommend? Which plan do you recommend if I need these things to happen? Right. And then there are other writers, which are, you know, like if you're not able to take off work. Right. That's usually not a cover reason because it's not medical or anything like that. But like your employer no longer is now allow, allowing you to go. Um, so it's very different. But it's, it, it, again, just take the extra. Just take the time to at least read it so that you understand what you're giving up if you don't invest in it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for bestowing your destination wedding knowledge and just preparing everybody for their destination wedding and, you know, dealing with COVID-19 at the same time. And uh, we'll see you then. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you, guys. Stay safe and stay kind. Bye.